Today's episode of the BS Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. And I want to give them a quick shout-out because they have been our presenting sponsor for a while. I think it's like six months, seven months, whatever. They've been awesome to deal with. It's a great company. They're very receptive to different ideas. Um, we just like working with them. And they, and they helped me this week with Hamilton tickets with my wife and my son, which is going to be the greatest moment of my son's life. He loves mac and cheese, wrestling, and Hamilton. And SeatGeek helped us out. SeatGeek is awesome. Check out SeatGeek. Other sites have the nasty habit of showing you lower prices and charging you huge fees at checkout. At SeatGeek, the price you see is always the price you pay. It's right there. It has the price. Then it says like $3 extra for shipping or whatever it is. And that's it. There's no like extra $100 at the end. There's no extra 50 bucks at the end. There's no secret fees. You don't have to worry about showing up at an event and not having your tickets or ticket fraud, any of that stuff. SeatGeek is great. Use SeatGeek. It is the official sponsor of the entire Ringer Podcast Network for tickets. Uh, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And thanks so much to SeatGeek for supporting not only this podcast, but a bunch of things that we're doing at The Ringer. They've been a great partner. Thank you. Uh, today's episode is also brought to you by Stamps.com. Stop relying on the post office. Just buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer. Sign up for Stamps.com right now. Use the promo code BS for a four-week trial. Plus a $110 bonus offer that includes postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of their homepage and type in BS. Uh, should also mention my new HBO show, Any Given Wednesday, launches Wednesday, June 22nd at 10 p.m. You can follow the show at facebook.com slash anygivenwedds. Uh, we have another Game of Thrones post-game show, After the Thrones, on HBO Now at 1 a.m. ET, after the West Coast airing of Game of Thrones. Uh, don't forget about the Ringer Podcast Network. We just launched the Ringer MLB show. I did the first one with Jacko and Mallory Rubin. We talked about the AL East. Um, I know it's basketball time, but go check out the baseball show. We're going to have a bunch of great people on there, including uh, Michael Bauman, Mallory Rubin, a bunch of our writers, uh, a baseball writer that we're going to hire next month. We'll eventually uh, take command of that podcast along with a couple other people, but check that out right now. And finally, we are launching The Ringer next week. It's happening. You can still sign up for our newsletter at ringer.com. But this site is happening. There's no stopping it. We have like almost 50 people. We have writers. They've been writing fake pieces. They've been writing real pieces. They've been banking pieces. Uh, we are hoping to launch in the middle of next week. And I am super excited and super grateful for all the hard work that everybody's done. Um, we started out with four people in the first 10 days of October. And we have now grown to almost 50 people, and we continue to grow. I did not think that we would have this many people for the website uh, this early. We, we, we thought it was going to be in phases, and we thought we'd have, like, oh, the initial smaller group of writers, and then we'd go up, and we'd have more writers. And um, it just kind of snowballed. And we have a site right now that we're about to launch with that is, I would say, 90% of the headcount we had at Grantland. So, uh, and it's going to be a different site than, than Grantland. You'll see when, when, when it unfolds, it's, we have sports, pop culture, and tech. Um, it's going to be a little more reactionary than the old site was. It's, these are different times when we launched Grantland in 2000, 
11 and I had been planning it for a year plus before that. Um, it was a site that designed toward desktops and, you know, the reading experience that the blogs at that point had, had gravitated toward, um, more immediate, quick quantity over quality, things like that. So a lot of what Grantland was at the time was, was a reaction to some of that and the reading experience and not caring about word count as much and not caring about just getting page views and things like that. We really tried to go after, um, strong individual voices um, a mix of features columns. We got a reputation as a long form site, which I never liked because I always just wanted the site to be entertaining. I mean, the third day that we, after we launched Grantland, the, the lead story of the Friday morning was a reality fantasy league. So I, I don't think it was a long form site. I think we did have good long form pieces, but we had all kinds of pieces this time around. Um, you know, the internet's changed. It's 2016 uh, people are reading content on their phones more than they read it on their laptops. Even as we had Grantland, the iPad kind of showed up and changed how we did the site to some degree. You know, we, when we were conceiving the site in 2010, 2011, there were no iPads or they had just started making them. And, you know, by 2014, that's how I read the site. So you're talking about phones now as the dominant place that people read stuff. And you got to create a site that, that, that kind of reflects that a little bit. It's really hard. Like if I had a column right now that I had to do every week, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be writing 7,500 word columns anymore. I just don't think people read that way. So I think you're going to see a site that has a lot of up and coming writers, a lot of people that were catching at the right times, um, which we were able to do at Grantland and we're doing that again here. And, uh, and it's definitely a younger site. The site's going to grow with the writers. I think we did an unbelievable job of finding um, people to work with and good people too. The culture was was a huge part of everything we're doing. Um, and we're all really excited. I mean, it's it's honestly, you know, I've launched a few things. Um, I launched 30 for 30, launched Grantland. I was involved with the Jimmy Kimmel Live launch. Uh, the launching part is the most fun part. And you know, it's, it's honestly like having a baby. It's, it's not really any different. I mean, I, you know, there's this moment, I've had two kids and there's this moment when you're just in the hospital and you're like, man, this thing's going to come out. I don't know what it's going to look like. I hope everything goes okay. And you're nervous and, and you just hope it comes out and everything, everything goes well. Usually it does. And with this site, I, I think we're, we're pretty confident. We're working with medium medium built the site for us. Medium is going to be the uh, technological home for it. They're providing the digital infrastructure. It's our site. We control everything. We control the look. We control the pieces that go up. And they've been an awesome partner. And we are absolutely over the moon pumped to to have this site. And it's a site that we hope will be around for, I don't know, as long as they have websites. It's pretty cool. It's, it's uh, definitely a dream come true for a lot of us, including myself. So, there you go. All right, we're going to call Joe House right now. Check out theringer.com. We launch next week, and you can still sign up for our newsletter, and you can still sign up for all our podcasts. Uh, you know, we need you. We need you to spread the word. We're not doing a lot of advertising. We're doing no advertising, actually, other than Twitter and Facebook. So there you go. Uh, let's call Joe House, talk about the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Clear enough for you. All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you know, with the ringer launching next week, 
We thought we'd go do a little old school ringer. Friday rolling with Joe House. Old school. How are yes, you? Yes, Friday, we're rolling. <laughs> we are about to conclude month eight of the BS podcast. I can't believe it. It's been month eight and we've done over 50 million listens for those eight months. Not bad. Joe Hass was responsible for many of those listens. Um, so I went to the game last night. Yeah, can you hear anything? How's your hearing? It was all right. I'll tell you one thing. Those sphincters in the uh, in the Golden State in the Golden State sections <laughs> got very tight when uh, when all of a sudden it was one hundred three ninety eight with like four minutes left, or three minutes left, whatever it was. And it, I'm so glad I went because um, OKC is going to win this series, and I didn't realize that till I went. Um, but we're going to talk about that. So flew in for the day. I yeah. did inside the NBA for the first time ever. I saw that. I crammed in a, in, I crammed in a, I mean, that table's tiny. I'm sitting next to Shaq. Shaq's like twice my size. He's like, he takes like, up half the table. You, you, you tweeted this. You should have just gotten his lap. That would have been the right move. I, I should have, I should have during, I, I was hooked into, uh, you know, those little headphone thingies. So I was afraid like I was going to yeah. knock my thing out, but I was actually uh, thinking about halfway through of just climbing onto his lap and just sitting there <laughs> like a little boy as he held me and we talked about the games. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, there was real history last night. If Golden State lost that game, that it's so much worse than the 18 and one Pats, right? At least the 18 and one Pats made the Super Bowl and had the lead with two minutes left and got robbed by the helmet catch when there's six holding penalties in the play, you know? This this to lose in five in the Western Finals after you go seventy three nine I feel like that would have been first on the list of collapses during a season that we've ever talked about. Or am I overthinking this? I think you're overthinking, and I okay. also don't like really comparing it to the to football. It's just a, that's a tough one. Why talking about the past? And, and just because, like you know, uh, the the achievements are. Um, you know, noteworthy for the regular season, like dominance part of it, but it, they're just—it's just impossible to compare postseason um, runs in football to basketball. I think I don't think you can—you can. You can it, it, there's too much random. There's too many variables in basketball compared to football. See, I disagree. I like when we disagree. We usually agree too much. I—I uh, I think the 18 and one Pats. The similarity is that. Nobody gives a shit that they went 16 and 0 now. It's irrelevant because they lost the Super Bowl. It's like no I don't pa- think it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant to all the Pats fans. We don't feel good about it. You know what I you know what I don't wear is my 16 and 0 t-shirt. Never see that well, on my good. body. So that, there's one there's one big difference, right? That Warriors record is going to be, you know, held, held in in esteem and and revered the 73, 73 and 9, you know, for as long as it lasts. It's an impossible mark. I agree and I disagree. It will be held in esteem, <laughs> but people will say they won 73 games, and then it'll be comma, but then they lost in round three. Yeah. And they that's just part it. of that record. It's part of the record will be they didn't make it. They 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 exerted too much energy. I I mean, I really think, like, looking back at everything that unfolded these last eight months— I think they had to go for it because they had already won a title. Now they're going for immortality. I feel that I felt the same way about the Patriots. You got to go for it. 
if you do it, you got to go for it. You got to do you, it. You don't question it. You got to do it. You got to try were, to break the record. They were mostly healthy. Through, yeah, they had all the right kind of factors. Uh, the, the stars were in alignment for them to go for it, so they had to go for it. But here's the problem. It wore them out. It 100% wore them out. They can spin it any way they want, but when you watched how they played in Game 3 and Game 4, I mean, Steph Curry was so dead in Game 4 that everybody thought he was hurt. I'm telling you, I went to the game last night. Steph Curry is not hurt. And it's not just the fact that he played better last night, but just watching him cut around picks and how he was moving his feet and stuff, that guy's not hurt. He's not. I, I would say well, at this you- point in the playoffs, all these guys are a tiny bit hurt. Like Westbrook Westbrook had, has tweaked his knee a couple times during the playoffs, and there was one time yesterday he crashed in the basket support, got up, limped around. It looked like he was hurt. All these guys are banged up, and I, I think – for for that report to come out that Curry is seventy percent, no way. He he fought. Oh, for, I didn't see that. When did that come out? It was like two days ago. But everybody was talking about it after Game Four. He must be hurt. He must be hurt. He was awesome in I, Game uh, that, Two. That's right. I, I heard that that theme. The, it, it looks. You know what's what's crazy is you're attributing his. Uh, I, I don't know what you want to say. Flat footedness, lack of of offensive, lack of energy, lack of energy in lack Game Three, energy. Game Four. Like he just had, didn't have his he, mojo. Yeah, but he's the dude that got a two-week break. He just had two weeks off to let his knee um, rehabilitate. I know, right? Nobody, none of none of his teammates had two weeks off to, to rest. So uh, I, I honestly think it's it's like injury injury um, related stamina. It's like there there definitely is um, impaired stamina that's attributable to him having that two weeks off and not really being able to um, you know uh, keep up that that high intensity. I think he was hurt by having that rest. I think I agree with everything you just said, except instead of injury-impaired stamina, I think it's Westbrook-impaired stamina. I really do. <laughs> I think the injury is that he's playing Russell Westbrook in a series. And Russell Westbrook— Yeah, that is interesting. You know what I, I thought Kurt about? Kurt has it, been a little stubborn with that, hasn't he? Well, I thought about it last night because— talking to Barkley and Kenny and those guys a little bit in the in the green room and then we were on TV and you know I I've learned to trust the former players with some things right they they have a sixth sense of something about the mano a mano side of things and Barkley's been on this corner the whole series like Westbrook is a beast for Curry and and you know, there's a real possibility that it's just like it's almost like Clubber Lang, Rocky Three, where it's just like I can't keep this guy off me. He's just relentless. And you watch last night, like how hard Curry had to fight for every point that he had. What did he finish with? Thirty-one. Nothing was easy. Yeah, he he definitely got thirty. I know that. I had a, I went with Weinberger yesterday. We had a nice seat in the in the corner, like about six seven rows yeah. up, so we could really kind of see the court and. To watch it in person, I know they've shown a couple replays on TV, but to actually watch what OKC was doing to Curry in person, it reminded me of what the Patriots did to Marshall Falk in the Super Bowl 36, where any chance they have to elbow him, push him, knock him, shove him, clip him, yeah. they're just taking it. You, and and the refs know, aren't calling uh, it. J.J. Redick uh, was on Rachel Nichols' show um, either yesterday or the day before, and made that same point. He said they went from, uh, OKC's defense went from, like, pointing out switches 
to, to physically, uh, you know, getting in the way of switches, to making their switches through through grabbing and, uh, you know, knocking Steph around, that, that they went from, like, here comes Steph, move over there, like pointing defense, to actual, like, physical defense. Right. They're chipping them. And, and when you're there, there you go. yeah, and when you're there, because on TV you can't see it all the time, but when you're there watching it, it's constant. It's four quarters of it. It's Adams. The guys are Adams, Ibaka, Durant, and uh, and not as much Cantor because he hasn't been playing as much. And then uh, and then Robertson. And all of them, anytime they have a chance to bump or push or, or hit Curry, they're taking it. And he's starting – you could see him in the game. Like, he's so frustrated by it because they're not calling it. I'm not sure they should call it, you know. I, I think it's yeah, playoff basketball. No, we want it. We wanted old school playoff basketball, exactly. You know, this is the point. You're you're, you're uh, describing all of the things that are helping us, you know, put some words to what our eyes are seeing, which is a combination of Steph being exhausted from chasing Russell Westbrook all over the court. And by the way, Russ hasn't been, uh, you know, an incredibly efficient offensive player this series. No. And there are the, the defensive numbers for Steph – Back up that he's he's playing pretty good defense on Russell. Now I know that that Russell would get a chuckle out of that, that yeah. but the the, the, the stats um, kind of support it. So you have him chasing Russ on the one hand, and on the other hand, him getting knocked every single time he tries to run through, you know, on on any of that screen and roll action that they 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 do as he goes from one side to the other. He's getting grabbed. He's getting pulled. He's getting chipped. And yeah, he he is. He is tired. It's exhausting. And he, more than anybody else, if you look at um, his numbers compared to the regular season, he's way down in shooting percentage from three and from, from the field, and his you know, overall scoring average is down as well. Now, games three and four um, really uh, undercut that efficiency because they, they got run the F off the floor right. in OKC. But um, I think you know that that's that's what we're seeing. We're seeing uh, a level of physical exertion that he wasn't required, you know, through the entirety of the regular season, really, because they don't have to play OKC every night with all these um, giant limbed human beings and incredible physical specimens. It's the worst possible team for him to play because they have all these big dudes. They have long arms at the rim. Um, everything is is work. Robertson's done a really nice job on him. Robertson, Westbrook, they can throw Durant on him. Uh, and they're chipping him. They're making him work. And then the other part of this, you know, I like I like advanced metrics. I think you can learn a lot from them. Um, and, I, you know, I was pretty early on the on the NBA advanced metrics corner. Michael be- Wilbon disagrees with you. But I know. Okay. We should talk about that at some point. Poor Wilbon. <laughs> Come on. Or not. Let's oh, not man. talk about it. Or maybe we shouldn't talk about it. Oh, man. Uh, Poor Will Bond. But the get two things struck me last night in that game, and the stats can't account for this. I don't think. I mean, maybe there's some stat I don't know about. But Westbrook didn't have a very good game. Um, I'm sure the advanced metrics, you know, like his efficiency, all that stuff. The pressure that he puts on the other team with how freaking relentless he is I don't know if you can quantify that. I don't know if there's a stat for that, a stat for just the other team not being able to take a breath for four quarters because of the way somebody on the other team plays. You know, it's like if you miss a shot, you know, he's going to go one on five great, and try to take it down the other way. And how is there's no stat for that? It's a great observation. And, and you know, uh, Charks did a great um, 
sort of treatment on that in his Facebook post today, which will soon be on a website. I'm so happy. I know. I mean, I don't mind going to Facebook to find sharks, but come on. I know. Char- um, and the website's going to help sharks. Go ahead. The, the way for Golden State to combat that is to control pace a little bit better. And right. I actually thought watching the first half of the game last night, you know, the, it, it ended up at halftime 58 to 50. I was like, yeah, this is the way for Golden State to have a chance at, ke- at keeping this close because that's really, at the end of the day, all the best they can hope for it in, in a game six in Oklahoma City is, is to have it close in the fourth quarter. And, and speaking of sphincters, yeah. let Oklahoma City maybe revert to, to some of the fourth quarter trouble that they were having. But, you know, Oklahoma Golden State can control Russell Westbrook by not letting him get that full head of steam running down the other way through you know early shot co- early shot clock shots. Well, don't try and don't try and say that ten times fast. Yeah, early shot, shot cock. clock shots. The shot cock. Uh, <laughs> the shot cock was coming. That's it my favorite really NBA out. porn movie. Uh, yeah, you know what else helps is if the shots actually go in. Because then they <laughs> then they have to take the ball out of the basket, and then Westbrook's not yeah. going forty eight miles an hour. I mean, Westbrook wasn't good last night because I I would compare it to oh you have a five and a half year old son you'll understand if if your young son has a coke and they just become yeah. and it's like no it'll be fine he can have one and then they hit a point where they're just a little too hyper and you know there's no going back you're like oh boy. Uh, my son's it's just out of control. My son's beginning, literally out of control. Yeah, my my son is now. He this is going to be the way it is for the next hour. He's just going to be a lunatic. <laughs> and that was I felt like Westbrook. He wanted it so badly last night, which is great. It's a great quality. He couldn't channel it. He was out of control. No, they they he, opened. They opened six for twenty six from the field last night. He, they, they, he they, wanted, wanted, he wanted so to score. Bad. He wanted to have fifty points, twenty rebounds, and twenty five assists. That was his mindset going in the game. It was interesting. I said on the pregame show, I made the point about how one of the fascinating subplots of this series is that Westbrook really thinks he's better than Curry, and I think it pisses him off that everybody's had this Curry love fest, unanimous MVP, all this stuff. I think Westbrook just sits in his house and gets mad about it. And Barkley, like, interrupted me as I was saying, making the point. He was like, of course he thinks that. He thinks he's, you know, he thinks he's the best player in the world. You got to think that way. And that's true. I think a lot of these guys have huge egos. But I think he really thinks he's the best player in the league. Like, I think he genuinely believes that. And I'm sure Durant does too, but... I think Westbrook really believes it, and I think he's taking this series so personally. I think he just wants to destroy Curry, don't you think? I'm glad. I, I'm glad to have it. I mean, this yeah. is exactly what we've been begging for, you know, out of out of uh, OKC this whole season. This, yep. this particular fire that we're seeing out of them in this stretch of games, it's about time they take it personally, for Christ's sake. But that it's it's exactly. I think you're right. I think that they feel disrespected by comparison. Yeah. I think that they are playing with a chip on their shoulder. All of those cliches that I would love to try it out right now. They're, they're all that's true. They really are playing that way, and that's that that fuels the fire for the physical play. Like I'm not going to let this little homie just run right through here. Get, right. get a knock on him. I mean, you know, all, all of it. You, they, this, this last night was the first game that uh, Golden State out rebounded. Um, OKC. OKC had been relentless on the boards. They out rebounded by 21 in Game Four. Yeah. So <laughs> Bogut was huge last night, and I don't think Golden State can win this series unless he does that in Game Six, because 
you know, they started him. He he had his presence immediately. He finished with a double double. Uh, I thought he he reached he reached back into the well. He was a little more. I don't want to say invested, but it, you, that was his A plus game last night. And it also helped that the refs called two fouls on Adams in about a minute. Because Adams, Haralabob and I talked about this on Wednesday. Adams is one of those guys you could call for 40 fouls or three. Because he's going over everyone's back for every rebound. And he does it in a really smart way. But you could call it anytime. You could call it when he chips Curry. You could call it when he's coming over and doing the Roy Hibbert hands up trying to block it. Like he's he's a really hard guy to officiate. And last night the refs were just like too fast, you're out. Donovan was so mad with in the last three minutes of that first quarter. He he that that guy Mark Davis was there. Uh who's yeah. just yep. you see that guy and you just know somebody's gonna be unhappy, one of the two teams. <laughs> and Donovan was just he was just staring at him. He he was just he wasn't saying anything. He was just death eye you know, stink eyeing him. And they called a timeout, and he just walked out, and he just kept staring at him. He just stared, and Davis walked away. He's just he was like trying to glare through his head, but you know it was eight to nothing with fouls in the first quarter, and nobody on OKC was playing well. Westbrook was terrible. Durant was okay, um, and yet at halftime it was only eight points. I really thought at halftime OKC was going to win. Did you think they were going to win at halftime? No, I did not think that OKC was going to win. I, I, I thought it was uh, um, – at no point did I feel comfortable thinking one team or the other is going to win until it was three and a half minutes left and OK, uh, Golden State was up 11. And yeah. then Harrison Barnes decided to give Kevin Durant a four-point play. Oh, you know what I noticed yesterday in the crowd? You know how every, every basketball team has the guy the fans kind of get pissed at? They just get grumpy at? Yeah. It's, Harrison yeah. Bar- it's Harrison Barnes for the Warriors fans. Well, he's had a, a garbage series. I don't know if uh, you know if it will ultimately impact the paycheck he's going to get in this off season. But he's really been, uh, you know, it's been a disappearing act. He hasn't really been meaningful in this series. One of my takeaways from being there last night is that there's not going to be a lot of tears shed if he signs with the Lakers. There's not. There's not going to be. Warriors fans aren't going to be consoling each other and sobbing in each other's shoulders if Ferris and Barnes leaves. Uh, I want to um, get wait. your your opinion on I, you know we, you're talking about the the way the refs uh, called that game and yeah. I think you know this is the real danger for Golden State having found a little bit of something that works with Bogut he had um, really limited minutes in games three and four because he got in foul trouble and then Curtis didn't put him back in right you know what happens if he gets a couple fouls uh early on you know if, if, if the same thing that happened with adams and and, and early foul calls happens to bogut they're in what, trouble what do we see out of golden state yeah well they're okay. in trouble so that, because that's the answer right yeah yesterday he phased out azili which i thought i thought he should have done earlier but at least they figured it out in time they got nine unbelievable minutes from spates who really feeds yes. off the crowd but yep. I'm not sure that happens in OKC. I mean, right? Cur- I was glad Curry said this, and I don't think it could be emphasized strongly enough. This is nut. This is an all-time nutcheck game for the Warriors. Like this is when you find out what your team is. I know they won the title last year, but they, you know, as as has been discussed a million times, they they really lucked out with some of the injuries on other teams last year, you know, and they played a Cavaliers team that was a one man team. They've never had to play a game in the in the history of this Curry franchise other than Game Seven 
at the Clippers is the last time they had a nut check game like this. Um, and I think that was 2013. But yeah, this is it, man. That Those OKC, I've been to finals games at OKC. That crowd is so loud that your head hurts. Like you literally get a headache. That's the one where you, where, you're, where if we try to do a podcast, you, you'd have to have the headphones on because you wouldn't be able to hear. No, you. I don't even know if you'd be able to do a podcast. It's it's so loud in there, and you know, I I, I just think Oklahoma City's going to win. I rarely do this. I rarely go like all in on a pick. I think they're better. I think they can smell it. I was watching them. I was really watching their body language and all that stuff really carefully last night. I can't believe how reengaged Ibaka is. Like, Abaco three weeks well, they, ago looked like a guy who was just planning his departure and trying to figure out what team he was going to be on next. Not only is he back to being Serge Abaco, he's the guy that was, like, clapping. They're down eight. He's tapping guys on the ass, trying to get people going, trying to keep them focused. He's totally wait, back. Wait, three, three weeks ago, it was, like, four games ago. <laughs> he was, he, he, uh, yeah. It, 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 it's, you know, he's, he's, he's getting the minutes, uh, 36 minutes in game one, but like, right. Uh, he, he's been, uh, he, prone to disappearing. His game two was one for six from the field in 30 minutes for three points. Yeah, um, that was a and, throw. And I'm not, they, they were eight, due for one stinker that OKC team. I just mean your, your, your point overall about Ibaka, we, we thought, we thought he was the one with a disappearing act and, and all of a sudden, you know, here he is again. That, that there's been a collective you I think you uh during the conversation you were having with the fellas on the set yesterday this point was made um there's a whole collective resurgence among this group it's a really fascinating saturday is is such a an important game in the future of the of two franchises right yeah hold on we're going to know thought. whether hold that all thought right, all right because as i've mentioned many times on this podcast i hate shopping and i'm lazy as hell that's a rare combination that usually leads to dudes wearing the same set of clothes for six to seven years at a time. I include myself in that group. So oh, I thought we were going to talk about underwear. No. No, no. We're six, talking underwear about... Underwear six or seven days in a row. I'll do that. Now we're talking about our buddies at Trunk Club. If you feel oh, like it's... Oh, Trunk Club. I love Trunk Club. Yeah, if you feel like it's time to upgrade your wardrobe, I have a really good idea. Let Trunk Club handle all the work for you. Trunk Club takes the hassle out of shopping. By finding the best clothes for you and your style. They mailed me a trunk of clothes a few months ago. It was like Christmas come early. Uh, here's what you do. You go to trunkclub.com slash BS. You answer simple questions about your styles, preferences, and size. You'll be assigned an expert stylist who's not named oh. Joe House. Who handpicks clothes from the best premium brands. You approve of what you like. Send back what you don't like. A few days later, a trunk arrives on your doorstep. It does not have a body in it. It has fantastic clothes. Handpick clothes that are perfect for you. Try them on, keep what you like, return the rest in your prepaid trunk. And if you live in New York, LA, Dallas, Chicago, or wait for it, Washington, DC, you, can, you can even stop by a trunk club store and meet your own stylist for free. It is not a tr- subscription service. Get started today. Trunk Club will style you for free. Even better. Free shipping both ways. To take advantage, go to trunkclub.com slash BS. So the all-NBA teams came out yesterday. Loved it, loved it. DeAndre Jordan was the first team all-NBA center, which is an all-time travesty, and I think 100 years from now, um, we're going to regret it as much as some of the great atrocities that have ever happened in America. 
Uh, no offense to Who you, did DeAndre. You have, did you have Boogie or did you have Aldridge? I never would have voted for Boogie. Why would I? You know I love Boogie. What? What? Boogie played sixty games this year, and his team won like twenty-eight games. Why do I have to vote for Boogie? He had seventeen, you know, incidents behind the scenes with his with his coach and players and all kinds of things. Like really, he got suspended. Who was your center? Was it Drummond? I picked Draymond. Oh, okay. That's there's right. no there's no such thing as a center anymore. Why do I have to right. pick a center? It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. But I put Durant and Westbrook both on the second team. Sure. Um, and I did this because OKC won 55 games. And I just couldn't accept it. I knew they were more talented than that. And they have two of the best five, six, seven, whatever list you want to make players in the league. And it just bothered me. I thought their team should have been better. I was frustrated watching them. I didn't think they were well coached. Yeah. I didn't you think. You vote punish them. Yeah, I did. I didn't think. You know, Westbrook, who had a great statistical season, but I think it's on him a little bit that Ibaka was checking out and that Deion Waiters just stands in the corner and and doesn't feel engaged and all those things. So I penalized them. And I feel vindicated by the, how they've played these last three weeks because this is the team I thought they should have been. If they played this way all year, they would have won 70 games. Don't you think? Well, then... Uh, they, they... <laughs> The really frustrating thing for somebody that had a monetary interest in them winning 58 games is they were ahead in so many fourth quarters. They had this anomalous run of losing games that they were winning in the fourth quarter um, without any sort of obvious explanation other than, you know, lack of focus and and, uh, lack lack of, you know, intelligent basketball and closing out games. They, They should have won. 61 games. If you look at the games they gave away in the fourth quarter, 61 is like you know right there in, in the in the sweet spot. But they they this, I still this think that's too low. Playing this way with this energy, that's a 68 win team right there. Oh, I, I think it's a 70 win team. I, I they are they are so frightening. They are so long armed. That's like my takeaway after watching them in person. It's just arms everywhere. <laughs> just arms protecting the rim. They reminded me of like the teams we grew up with. Remember the the mid '80s Celtics teams when we had McHale and Parrish and Walton, and it was always some combination I mean, of those remember. two, and they're just arms over the rim at all times. And this yeah. team, like Curry, was driving to the basket and passing up layups that he used to make routinely during the season, and trying to kick it back out for threes to Harrison Barnes because he didn't want to get shot blocked. You know, they, they kind of got in his what? head. Although they they did dominate points in the paint, finally uh, Golden State did. It was forty eight to thirty last night, and they were up by much more than that as the game was going on because they were able to get um, Adams isoed out on Steph, and Steph yeah. went by him a couple of times, and the help was late rolling over. And but Adams no, missed Adam miss time. Adams right. missed some time too, though, because yeah, of the foul that's trouble. Right. I know. Your overall point about Steph giving up um, layups that he'd been taking all season long and missing some of those, too, is absolutely on point. He's I rushing mean, them. Haberstroh did, did a little video piece on, uh, you know, that the, 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 the sort of proved the point that Golden State's been getting good looks that just haven't been making them. And some of that's got to be because the OKCs are in their head, right? Yeah. And you saw, like, some of the shots Curry made in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Or the way he's played all season. He, I mean, he made a couple incredible drives. He's just got to do that. The problem is when we get to OKC, their big guys are going to be so out of control, locked in, flying around, 
doing everything, it's really dangerous for for Golden State because Draymond. Made, I thought Draymond made, played as well as he could play last night from a protecting the rim, rebound kind of athleticism thing, and they still barely won. You know, you made the point that I think is really going to be the determining factor, which is the difference in benches. Oklahoma City's bench predictably stunk. Waiters um, didn't score. Yeah. Roberson had six. Uh, um, you know, guys that have been making meaningful contributions. Morrow threw up. Um, he made you know, four. An un- unex- yeah, he, he, and he, it, including a, uh, it should have been a four-point play towards the end of the game, but um, he had ten because he didn't miss. Um, but uh, and and on on the other side, Golden. State, the combination of Spates and, and uh, Azili and uh, Livingston had a good game. Um, you know, I, 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 you know what I noticed last night, and this is one of the what? many reasons I think OKC is going to win. I love the way they handled themselves in the fourth quarter. They, at every point of the fourth quarter, no matter what the score was or what was happening or shots that weren't going in, they acted like they were better. They carried themselves like they were better. They didn't get. They didn't get rattled. Even near the end, like Durant, I don't know if they showed this on TV, but Durant, uh, he had missed a missed a three that would. Remember when they almost kind of came back at the tail end, and Durant missed a three that, that would have cut was, it to that three. That three was was the, you know the, talking about you you were you thought some sphincters were getting clenched. That oh my three God. was the moment. So he he missed that, and he walked back to their bench, and was just like, oh, he was so mad that he missed it. And he's like talking to Mo Cheeks and he's going over and he and for some reason he high fived all the guys on the bench. And my interpretation of it as as uh, having a master's in body language from Boston University. Yeah. I, yes, I just doctor. every everything he did made me think that he was telling his team like, we're better than these guys. Man, we could have stolen this one, but there's no way they're beating us in game six. Like the the level of confidence on that side was, I was staggered. And it really reminded me of, of uh, the 87, 88 when the Pistons played the Celtics. And what was scary about the Pistons in 87, even though the Celtics ended up winning, the Pistons thought they were better and they carried themselves like they were better. And when you were, I went to game five and I think I went to game seven when you were in the building for it, it was the first time in a couple of years that a team had played the Celtics where we, where it was clear that they thought they were better than the Celtics, and it was a little disorienting. It was like Jesus, we can't. Get, these guys feel like they're more athletic than we are. They we we can't kind of keep them off the boards, and uh, and I just think OKC is going to beat them. I I really think that the only chance Golden State has in Game Six is Curry and Clay just get hot. I think they have to make like 14 or 15 threes. Or Westbrook yeah. has to completely shoot OKC out of the game. Other than that, OKC's going to win. I really believe it. I don't think that Westbrook can shoot them out of uh, the games. We talked about this before the series uh, started, I think, and, and uh, we anticipated that there might be um, one of the games where, where Russell tries to take it over and, and crushes them. Um, he hasn't done it. I, I can't think of the last game he's done it in these playoffs. Maybe against the Spurs in the, in, in uh, like game three against the Spurs. Maybe I don't I don't remember. But um, he, he they just are not. Yeah, it doesn't matter if he's home or away. It doesn't seem like you know. Yeah, I, I think, agree with that. I think but, the big guys it matters. I think for like Adams, Ibaka, Cantor, those, those type of guys always play better at home. Like you saw it with Spates last night, even. But Westbrook seems 
It just doesn't matter. He could be playing in like Zimbabwe. He'd be fine. Like he's going to play the. He's going to be 110 percent no matter where he is. He doesn't care. The way they're they're playing, everybody's involved. Everybody's um, getting touches. We're not watching the Russell and and KD show down the stretch of fourth quarters anymore. Everybody is is making a contribution, and and you know, guys are either going to make shots or it's a make miss league. Um, and, and and Kevin Durant front rimmed a shot with you know 35 seconds left that would have cut the lead down to three. Um, they were they were there for, for the entirety of the tilt, and and uh, you know I, I don't it wasn't a fourth quarter where Katie and and Russell snatched defeat away from the the, the jaws of victory. Um, they were they were it was a, it was a tussle. It was a, a match matchup between colossuses. The thing I regret is that. Other than that, betting on OKC. Well, God, that we, the the, the uh, series at the beginning of it was this plus four forty. That, that series number would have been nice. Uh, oh my God, was it really? Mm. We're we're not good at gambling. We're not. We're we at suck it. at gambling. Why do we gamble? <laughs> we shouldn't. We shouldn't gamble. Having said that, wait until you see how I load up on OKC tomorrow night. Oh my God, I've already remortgaged my house seven times. Um, <laughs> hey. Saturday night, Game Six, OKC, uh, Golden State in Oklahoma City, which really has a chance to be an all timer. Like genuinely, like we, this might be a game that when uh, when you and I are living in our in our complex in Cabo after our wives leave us, and we're just wearing Hawaiian shirts and and hitting on women that are fifty years younger than us, and this game comes on Hardwood Classics on NBA TV, we'll watch Game Six. I feel like that's going to happen. Um, Hey, Game 6, quick break to talk about our friends at Sling TV. If you're watching the NBA playoffs right now, like Tate, Tate the producer, who um, who's just begging his friends to invite him over to watch the games or he's saving up money to go to a sports bar to watch on TV because he's a cord cutter. You know, he's the cord cutting generation. Oh, sure. He's uh, mal- yeah, right. He doesn't have a cable package. Or he might be online like looking for like a shady live stream that could... Uh, a vi- the, his computer the, virus. Very iffy. Very Here, iffy. Here's what Tate should do. Sling TV. It's the best way to watch live TV on your turf. And guess what? They have not just TNT, but they have ESPN. But they especially have TNT. So for 20 bucks a month, you get 20 live channels. ESPN, TNT, AMC, CNN, Adult Swim, IFC, other top networks. You can add channel packs like the Sports Extra Package for $5 a month. Extra. No installation, no extra gear, no annual contracts, and easy online cancellation. You just need an internet connection. And you're ready to go. You could have Sling TV in time for Saturday night. Put on did, TNT. Did you say it's twenty bucks a month? Yeah. I'm about to cancel my cable package. You should. We should. Nobody should have cable. We should all cut That's the cord. A fact. Uh, so start watching for seven days free. Sling.com/slash/Bill Simmons. That's my oh. name. My name happens to be Bill Simmons. It's a total coincidence. Uh, you I can get that. you can get Sling TV on your favorite device. Restrictions apply. Sling.com slash Bill Simmons. All right, House, you're not prepared yeah. for this conversation, but I'm going to have it. And then we'll go. It's Kevin All Durant. Right. He's, he's, he's moving up the pyramid ladder for me. Good. I was so impressed. I don't even think he's playing that great from like, it's not like he's having heat check moments. It's not like, uh, you know, this isn't like LeBron versus Detroit in 2007 where he had the 48 point game. 
We're not having those type of moments, although I think they might be coming, maybe in game six. Yeah. Well, it was a quiet 40 last night. Yeah, quiet 40. He had to work hard for it. He missed a lot of shots. Like, he really could have had 50-plus. I've, oh, yeah. I've been so impressed with his two-way game in this series. I feel like he's gone to another level. And I'm so happy to see it. Remember we were talking before the season about his foot. Would he ever be the same? You know, let's be realistic here. He might get hurt again. He may, he, that guy has turned into such a fantastic two-way player. He's a garden curry in a lot of possessions in these series. He's protecting the rim. Uh, they can play him at the four. They play him at the three. He's running their offense a lot of the time. You know, he's beating guys off the dribble both ways. The one thing that's missing, the one thing that we haven't 100% seen yet, is there's this last level that you have to go to, especially in the playoffs. And LeBron, it, it took him a while to learn how to get there. But, you know, there's that last, I got I got to just slit the throat kind of level that you have to get to, where it's like, all right, the, the body's on the rope. Now I have to murder the body. And mm-hmm. I want to see it in game six from him. You know, I, I think... Well, look... Let's see it. I, this I, is time. I, this I'm, is I'm, it. It's all I'm, on a platter for Kevin Durant to become one of the best 25 players of all time because he's going to win the title if he wins game six. So let's see it. It's time. I want to see it. I agree with everything you just said. The one element of it um, that you didn't mention that I've been personally impressed by is is a combination of attitude and will. Yeah. Will attitude. Yes. You know, he saved this season. He He's the one who single-handedly bailed them out against San Antonio game four and completely fl- game f- and completely flipped the script on the direction of the franchise, not just this season, but like where is OKC headed the next, you know, four or five seasons potentially. He, right? w- he, he really could have ended up in Boston or Miami. I think if they the, lose the- in five, I think he goes to the Eastern conference because he's smart and he'd realize he had a better chance to win a title there. And now he'd be an idiot to leave OKC. I wouldn't leave that team. And I think Donovan's – I don't know what happened to Donovan, but he's pretty confident all of a sudden. And they have these big guys. Well, he, 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 he got 82 games under his belt, right? Coaching in the pros is hard. Durant's going to sign a two-year extension with a one-year opt-out that will allow him to cash in for incredible amounts of money. Um, but He deserves every penny. He deserves every penny. But, I, you know, I've been watching this guy since he was at Texas. The Celtics had their lot, the you know, a chance to – get a top two lottery pick that year. And you and I both fell in love with Durant. I loved him so much in college that um, when my daughter was 18 months old, I was watching Texas play on a Monday night in my in my old house. And my daughter was walking around and I didn't realize that she knew how to open the front door. And I, I was locked I into the Durant thing and she kind of walked out. I'm watching Durant in second half. They're playing like Kansas or somebody. And then I'm like, where's my daughter? And I look around and she's not there and the front door is open. And she had walked out. The dogs followed her out and they saved her life because she walked right on the street. That's how much I love Kevin Durant. I didn't even know where my daughter was for like three minutes. Uh, so it's to good, watch the evolution of him. Yeah, the dog. To watch the evolution over the last 10 years and to watch him kind of put together this total package of 6'10", Freddy Krueger arms, uh, incredible shooter, can go left, can go right, has a great handle, um, can protect the rim, can guard Steph Curry. I'm starting to think, like I'm thinking about my pyramid. I, 
I already think he's one of the best 30 players I've ever that's ever played in the league, right? Would you put him in the top 30 yeah. at this point? Sure, sure, sure. Because right now I had, like, I was looking at the pyramid. I did this seven years ago. Um, Malone and Barkley were 18 and 19. Garnett was 22. He probably goes up a little bit because he, he had a couple more good years after I did it. Pippen was 24. Rick Barry was 26. And Durant's okay. already played more seasons, really full NBA seasons at a high level than Rick Barry did. Uh, yeah. Gervin's 34. Like, he's definitely had a better – he's going to have a better career than Gervin. So he's somewhere sure. in the in the 20s already. And if he wins the title and he's the best player in the title team, I think he moves into the top 20. I, I think he has to oh, go wow. ahead of Barkley and Malone. Right? Huh. Those guys never won know. a title. Wow. That's pretty oof. I think I he moves think into it. like the, the thing. He moves into the Dr. J Bob Pettit group. Wow. I mean he's won well, an look, MVP. Let's, let's just let let's let game six come and see what we get out of it. I, no, well, I'm not I accepting love, that. I wanna let I wanna lay the groundwork for what game six means. There's real stakes here. This there is are great. real stakes. That's that's a that's that's for for sure. The and uh, th- you know, on the other side with, with Golden State, right? Does it does it hurt um, Curry as unanimous MVP? Does it hurt Golden State as seventy three game winner? I I think uh, it's an asterisk does for them. Oh no question. It's like oh what a fun season that was, but then they lost in round three. That it's just part, becomes part of the first sentence. And for Curry, you know. The thing that's really weird about the Curry experience and something that he could solve by just kicking OKC's ass these next two games is when Jordan was the best player in the league, and I know what Barkley said on TV last night, but deep down all those guys knew Jordan was the best guy in the league. They knew it, and he proved it over and over again in the playoffs. He proved it in the 92 Olympics. He was the best guy. Curry has multiple guys who play his position who think that they're better than him. And... You know, the stats show what they show. He's been unbelievable. It was an incredible regular season. But there's some, you know, he's got to outplay Westbrook in game six, and, and Golden State has to win game six. Or we're, or people are just going to be like, yeah, Steph Curry's great, but. And that's going to be the way his summer goes, you know. I don't know. It's a lot at stake. A lot at I stake. There's I'm, I'm, a lot at stake. And we didn't, <laughs> and we didn't mention Russell Westbrook yet. I mean, Russ could have like 42, 12, and 17 on Saturday night and be the best guy in the yeah, game. Yeah, I, I, and then it will be complimentary. I really do think that the, that KD is the more important of the two of them because I do think that he sets the tone. I, you know, with that will and attitude thing, and he has shown like an ornery streak. Yes. Uh, especially in these playoffs, he's got a little bit of bad motherfucker in him. Yeah. And, and we like need all, he needs all that bad MF, all that bad MFer. Uh, for Saturday night, all all he's got, he's got to be yelling at the refs a little bit. He's got to be rolling his eyes. He's got to be, you know, giving dudes some stink eye out there. Yes. that's the thing that that's next level. The next level stuff that you're talking about with him, I think. OKC can bully the Warriors out of Game Six and win by double figures because they have the big guys to do it, and they can just be relentless. Offensive rebounds, challenging every shot, crowd going crazy, and. They're just tougher than 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 Golden State inside, and it's like Haral Bob and I were talking the other day about 
sometimes these series come down to the six feet around the rim and OKC can control that and their crowd is going to be out of its mind. Um, And then the bigger stakes for OKC, if they beat Golden State and then you played LeBron in the finals, you beat him. It's a pretty good run. Pretty good run. I mean, I I still, at this moment, uh, we're not, you're not asking me to make a pick, but I would pick Cleveland to win the title. Really? If OKC makes the finals, I think Cleveland's going to win. Oh, I think OKC would, I, I, I would feel very comfortable wagering on OKC in that series. Maybe we'll get a chance to to uh, to have a debate about this. You know who's going to enjoy playing Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> oh, your point guard's not going to guard me. This is great. And then they're going to have to play Deladova. Good luck with that. Although Russell Westbrook I, we'll, might get arrested, we'll, we'll he might he might hit Deladova over that Deladova over the head with a chair. It's in play. We'll have the opportunity. If we're lucky, we'll get to see all of this. Well, speaking if of seeing lucky. stuff, uh, one more shout-out to SeatGeek because they hooked up Ben Simmons for Hamilton. Oh, I love wow. SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek. That's our partner. They're our dudes. We love SeatGeek. SeatGeek.com. Use the SeatGeek app. Thank God for SeatGeek. Watch Game 6 on Sling TV. If you don't want to go to a sports bar or stream uh, legal... Tate, how many illegal internet streams have you have you grabbed over the last five years? Over a hundred? Probably. Probably, Tate says. God, these cord cutters. <laughs> it's a tough way to live. It's it's really, man. They're all struggling. They're eating ramen noodles and cutting cords and downloading illegal streams. Joe Fuentes hasn't paid for a boxing match in like ten years. He's just online with well, we weird, weird that, boxing that, sites in the Philippines. Tradition. We didn't. Yeah. We didn't pay for those old uh, pay-per-views either. We had our we had boxes back then. Oh, remember remember when I lived in Charlestown? I had Big Al came yeah. over when I lived with Ricky, <laughs> and Big Al came and souped up our cable box, and I got every pay-per-view for like seven years. It was the greatest. It was I I don't even know if you can put a price on that. That's right, it, priceless. I had every pay-per-view movie, every pay-per-view sporting event, every pay-per-view wrestling match. Playboy and the Spice Channel. It was the best. Thank you, Big Al. One more time. Shout out to Big Al and SeatGeek. Uh, all right. Thanks to uh, thanks to Stamps.com. Buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer. Sign up for Stamps.com right now. Use the promo code BS for a four-week trial plus a $110 bonus offer that includes postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of their homepage. Type in BS. Thanks to Sling TV, all you need is an internet connection. You could be watching more than 20 live channels, including the third round of the NBA playoffs on ESPN and TNT. Guess what's in the third round? Game six, Saturday night, one of the great games of the, of the decade. Uh, start your seven-day free trial. Sling.com slash Bill Simmons for the best of live TV on your favorite device. Restrictions apply. Thanks to Trunk Club. Stop shopping for clothes yourself. Just use Trunk Club Stylist and they'll do the rest. Premium clothes, expert service, no work. It is not a subscription service. Start now. Trunk Club will style you for free. Even better, free shipping both ways. To take advantage, go to trunkclub.com slash BS. Uh, and don't forget, The Ringer. It's coming. TheRinger.com next week. House, how are you going to celebrate the launch of uh, TheRinger.com? Uh, I'm going to do it the way I celebrate all things um, uh, Bill Simmons with uh, 
a, a, a cold beer and, and oh. a big bowl of popcorn. Oh, they... <laughs> that's, that's how we do it. You know, what? speaking of for... cold beer and big, big, big bowl of popcorn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All weekend long, friends, Callaway Live. The the current episode, Shack House on Callaway Live, oh. all the way up until next Tuesday. Feel free to jump on CallawayGolf.com and check out Shack House, Jeff Shackelford, Joe House, together. Interviewed by Harry Arnett, talking about how Shack House came together and singing a lot of, uh, you know, praise for um, the the folks that put the whole thing together. And you might have been one of those people. I'm excited. Are you? Did, did they feed you during this on on camera, or were you coherent? I was. I was coherent. I actually had a little coffee ahead of time. And they I did dance a little bit. And they, they had to edit one thing. There was one one moment that had to get edited out. Uh, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised there was more than one moment. Did they fit? They fitted you for the clubs that day too, right? The new clubs. They did. They they did that. The all blacks. Yes, they did. <laughs> they all blacks are spectacular. Your destiny. All black. The all blacks. I'm gonna take a picture when when they get here. I haven't, I haven't they haven't arrived yet, but I'm gonna take a picture. Take like seven pictures. Um, Seriously. Yeah, and and you're gonna have a U.S. Open pick for us. I, I definitely am. You're gonna the, win the Memorial our next week. Where I'm gonna try my best. You're gonna I'm gonna, win I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna study hard. I'm gonna try and help our listeners as always. All right. Well, I'm gonna help our listeners right now. OKC is gonna win Game Six. It is not a reverse jinx. They have a better basketball team, and they're going to win game six. I rarely make on-the-record predictions. I think they're better. I think they're going to win the title. So we'll see. I'm happy to have this thrown into my face. Uh, As always, these are predictions. But I feel strongly about this one. I've been watching basketball for like 40 years. I don't know, 41, 42. And occasionally a team just kind of figures it out. And you, and you can see them figuring out. And I feel like OKC has figured out something. And I don't even really know how to define it. But something about them is is clicking. Yeah. And yeah. Kate Frazier over there is very concerned. Because he knows deep down. He knows. He's worried. But that that's not to say Golden State can't win the series if Stephen Clay makes some shots. So we will see. I am so excited. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the three-day Memorial Day weekend. Uh, and don't forget about the ringer launching next week. Joe House, thank you very much, buddy. Always my pleasure. All right. Anytime y'all want to see me again, rewind this track right here. Close your eyes. The picture me rolling.